0: Hello and welcome to Protect Your Copyrights with Red Giant Rights Group CEO, Robert King. On today's podcast, we'll explore the power of owning your copyrights. Through real-life examples, Robert shines a light on the importance of owning your creative works. And now, here's Robert King with Protect Your Copyrights. Come on! Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining our podcast, Protect Your Copyrights. My name is Robert King. I run a company called Red Giant Rights Group. We started it with the older artists in mind, uh, those older artists who were not aware of all of their rights, particularly given to them by the U.S. Congress. And we also assist surviving family members, most of which uh, don't have any inclination of their rights. Uh, They were not artists, they were not in the industry. Uh, They have wills, trusts, and estate attorneys handling their estates uh, who know very little, if anything, about copyright law. So uh, we hope that you'll check out all of our podcast episodes and learn what you can. Feel free to reach out to me personally, but let's see what we'll talk about today. Hello creators, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, on whatever device you may be listening, welcome to Protect Your Copyrights. Uh, This is Robert, and I wanted to talk today about ownership. Ownership, as you know, some of you don't, and some of you don't always think about it, Ownership is king. Why do you think that they sign you to that record deal or publishing company when you're a young artist, new artist, or even older artists? I'm 52 years old, and if I had any talent, or talent enough for somebody to, uh, to uh, that thinks that they could exploit my talent and make money off of it, they would sign me to a record deal? Why do you think they sign you to a contract often heavily weighted in their favor in the first place because they know ownership is of great value. They know that ownership is the difference. They know that whether or not this makes money, uh, you gotta own it first in order to make money. And so not all creatives, spend a lot of time thinking about the business side of it. Uh, I am a uh, creative, and uh, I uh, uh, sing, and was a singer for a while. Uh, I went to college for acting and uh, musical theater, uh, and have done uh, my share of shows, uh, singing on stage, and uh, have even released uh, an album on my own label Singing uh, different kinds of songs, so and a songwriter. I've got, I've I've uh, re- released original music. So I am nowhere as successful as you uh, or as uh, uh, as our clients for sure. But as as some of the artists out there, particularly some of these mature uh, artists, classic artists, catalog artists. Um, but the. the The whole concept of ownership is uh, so valuable, but not all creatives think from a business perspective. They don't look through the business prism. They are creatives, which is fine, which is great. Um, So I have a creative bent, but then I've spent the last 20, 25 years in business. And so i look through everything through, uh, look at everything through that prism. This is so important, particularly right now, uh, it always has been, but particularly right now to view yourself as an entrepreneur, to view yourself as a small business owner, uh, to view yourself. It's interesting when I look back at some of the great ones who got it early, like uh, Dolly Parton who started her own publishing company and all of those created uh, all those songs that she wrote, uh, from the very beginning, uh, they were under her publishing company and uh, she just knew she just knew she was uh, savvy about the business side of it. It's interesting to do research and see how people, uh, how uh, f- f- famous or, or recognized or successful artists, uh, they may have been signed with a publishing company at some point, but then they very quickly opened up their own. They have may have been signed with a record label at some point, but then they uh, some very quickly opened up their own record label. Um, so the concept, and that is, I mean, just think about all of the, everything you've heard about prints. And... Writing "slave" on the side of his uh, uh, on the side of his face, because the record deal that he signed uh, was he was giving his ownership away. Uh, so they know that ownership is important. Uh, they know that it is valuable, and uh, we as artists need to become. A little more savvy about that. I know all of us can't run record labels. I know all of us can't uh, 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 run your own publishing company. But you want to be strategic about it so that you are making the highest percentage that you possibly can on the sale of your uh, of your creation. And and you want to uh, and you want to arm yourself with the knowledge to understand what the true value of your creation is. So let's talk about ownership for a a few minutes here because we at Red Giant, we spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, how if we're not gonna own these copyrights, then Dad Gummit, we're gonna negotiate a better percentage um, than these old, Here's, here's the deal. Congress knew this, US Congress knew this, legislators, uh, senators, uh, congressmen, congresswomen, they knew this many years ago when they came up with this whole concept of uh, termination. What that means is, uh, that, and, 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 and just so you understand, I, I run this company, uh, Red Giant Rights Group. We assist older artists with, uh, with uh, copyright protection and apply the uh, intricacies of the u.s copyright act to their advantage we are not i am not an attorney Uh, we use some of the the best uh, copyright attorneys uh, in the country and for clarity's sake uh, copyright attorneys are those who specialize in copyright law or particularly terminations Uh, that's that's different from an entertainment attorney not all entertainment attorneys understand terminations understand copyrights um, so that I've been in the room with uh, at you know different meetings with a group of entertainment attorneys who uh, were talking about this particular topic, and even inside of this room, not everybody either agrees or understands uh, what's going on with termination. So this is a this is a hot topic now uh, uh, primarily because, the law that was written in uh, 76 and instituted in 78 uh, is just now in the past uh, five to 10 years, uh, the, the, the intricacies of it, the language of it is, is just now becoming applicable. So nobody thought about it for 20 years, 25, 30 years. Uh, but right now, it's very important, it's very hot. As a matter of fact, there is a, there is a window of time. And if you miss the window in certain cases, then you've lost your opportunity to, to do something forever. But back to Congress. Congress knew this. Uh, and, and they looked at uh, the, trying to protect an artist. They knew that there were artists uh, that were um, uh, desperate, who really wanted uh, to... To, uh, to have their art heard, right, their songs uh, sung or uh, their band uh, playing. So they signed these record deals that, um, you know, you can't understand the language. I, I mean, I've, I've read them. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, you're talking about 30 to 40 pages. And, and I, because I am somewhat of a creative in addition to being a business guy, uh, you know, my, the creative side of me is looking through this and they go, This is ridiculous. How, how are you, how is one ever going to understand all of this? And I just want to play songs. I just want to sing music. I just want to write. So, the, the, uh, the and the concept of, okay, I'm going to create something. But I don't know what the value of it is, uh, when I create it, uh, you know, I, I may feel good about it and I may, uh, you know, we go do a demo of it and somebody likes it. And they put it on their album and, and is it a single? Is it not a single? Uh, is it just on the album? Is it on the B side? Do, uh, does the marketing team spend time on it? Are they going to promote it? Or is the sales team going to uh, send it to the radio? And and uh, are, is the radio gonna play it? Are people gonna listen to it? So there's a lot of stuff that goes into creating a piece of art, particularly we're talking about music, right? Songwriters and, and uh, recording artists, but the same thing is true with authors. The same thing is true um, with uh, screenwriters, with the uh, playwrights. You don't know what you have when you create the piece of art. We all They're all our little babies, and we all love them, and, and, uh, and we want them to grow, and we want them to have beautiful lives. But, uh, but you never know. You really don't know. So what Congress did was they said, okay, well, let's say there is value. Let's say you created it. And 20 30 40 years later there is value to what you created and people are still making money off of what you created so we're in 2020 30 years ago is uh, 10 20 what 1990 is that right 40 years ago is 1980 so just think about uh, uh, stuff in the '80s and '90s. Do we today, thirty to forty years later, do we have any uh, interaction with that, with those those great pieces of art uh, from the 1930s and '40s? You know, <laughs> we're in we're in the we're in the throes of the pandemic and and uh, coronavirus and. I'm fascinated by uh, over the weekend seeing what the top movies were. Uh, it, uh, over, uh, you know how you have top-grossing movies every weekend, the box office, box, box office hits. So right now, because nobody's going to the movie theater, you know the people are going to the drive-in or or, or whatever. They're they're social distancing in certain movie theaters or or whatever. But they're not playing new movies. They're playing old movies. Do you know what the old? Do you know what the successful ones are? Jaws, Star Wars, Superman, uh, uh, the Jurassic Park. They're all from the seventies and eighties. Maybe some nineties. what about what about classic? What about radio stations that are classic rock, totally dedicated to? All they do is play 1970s classic rock music. That was 50 years ago. Um, so if you're, a, if you're a songwriter or a recording artist and you created something in the 70s and, or 80s or 90s, and, and here it is decades later and people are still listening to it, playing it. Think about what happened to Glee a couple years ago. Right, uh, Glee was very popular. Uh, they had a, uh, a. If you don't know what Glee is, it's a program about uh, a, like a like a chorus or a choir, Glee, a Glee club, Glee singers, um, uh, at a high school, and uh, and so you know it's the story of their lives. But then they also sing, and so obviously a ton of songs were used. But think about what Glee did to "Don't Stop Believing." So, "Don't Stop Believing" was when was that? Late seventies, early eighties? Um, I don't know, uh, right off the top of my head, but it, it was it was back then. So, Jonathan Kane, Cain, uh, I think he wrote "Don't Stop Believing," or maybe Steve. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if Steve Perry was on that, but let's say John. Let's just say the songwriters of let's say Jonathan Cain, uh, the pianist for Journey. Um, he writes. Uh, he writes "Don't Stop Believing." So. That's a great song and it's been heralded and and, and played a bit uh, billions of times uh, over the past 30 years and and every generation likes it but Glee takes it and gives it a, a brand new life to a brand new generation if they hadn't heard it before now they have a new version of it. So did Jonathan Kane, or let's say it was Jonathan Kane and Steve Perry, uh, did, when, when they were sitting around, whoever, uh, whoever Jonathan Cain wrote that with, were they sitting around when they wrote it and they said, this song is going to be popular 50 years from now? Maybe with Don't Stop Believing," but probably not, right? They wrote from their heart. They wrote something really cool. They felt really great about it um and uh and so they put it together and they released it the hopes is the hope is the hopes are that um that yeah yeah it will be uh exciting and 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 there will be an audience uh, or or uh I I've, I've heard people refer to it as evergreen that it is an evergreen and that there will be audiences for that particular piece of art that content for uh, for years, generations, uh, decades, generations to come. And Don't Stop Believing may be one of those songs. We may be singing that song. I'm 52. We may be singing that song uh, when I'm 80. Uh, my grandchildren may be singing Don't Stop Believing. Um, and their grandchildren may be singing Don't Stop Believing. And what's beautiful about it is if Jonathan Kane and his family, or if he had co writers and their families, for for decades will benefit from them sitting at a piano or them releasing uh a uh, 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 writing that writing that song and releasing it all that to say congress got it they said okay wait a second an artist creates work and then why uh, they 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 grant they sign a contract that that gives uh you know the record labels and the and the publishers or whatever in this case the publishers in book publishing. Um, why do they have the rights to this piece of work now forever or the life of the copyright? So the language actually uh, <laughs> is pretty hilarious. Uh, I don't have I, I, This is a, a <laughs> this is a summary of it. Um, but uh, I don't have the actual words in front of me. But uh, you, uh, you can look it up and, and see. But it was the concept of that artists are um, <laughs> not very smart, uh, probably drunk, um, destitute, right? The poor. Uh, the uh, the concept of the poor artist. For all of these reasons, they've signed this their art away, or or for a small percentage of their art and uh, and and so if their art has value decades later, then they get a chance to come back to the table and either renegotiate original terms or get their art back. <coughs> Sorry to interrupt. This is Robert King, CEO of Red Giant Rights Group. I wanna sh- make sure that you know that we are available to answer your questions. Feel free to call me on my cell phone For a confidential conversation, 917-848-9934. Again, 917-848-9934. And now back to the podcast. So that's what they put into the law. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about this concept of terminations. Congress has empowered artists to go back to the table, get another bite of the apple, another seat at the table, to go back and look at, the, A, those original contracts, and B, uh, uh, the, uh, to potentially uh, recapture or terminate those grants so that they can own it. Now, the key to all of this is ownership. As we started this podcast talking about? Ownership, ownership, ownership. What are you doing with your art so that you can potentially own it? And if not own it, own more of it. Um, I would tell you, it's a little tricky out there, uh, but Congress has made it so that you can at least try uh, to go back and get it. On the publishing side, you got a really good shot. Um, and the publishing side can be, uh, as you know, can be very lucrative. And just think about it. Let me give you an example, and this is a real-life example, and it and it's 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 not necessarily true to every. You know what? Let me. I'll, I'll take the uh, the basics of the example and make it more true for everybody. Okay. So let's say your song is making a hundred grand a year. All right. So $100,000 a year and uh, you have a co-publishing deal, which means 50% to the publisher, 50% to the, uh, to the writer, uh, to their publishing company. Um, so you have a co-pub deal and it's a 50-50 deal. So you terminate. So you go from let's say the the song makes a hundred grand, you're making fifty. Now you've gone from a hundred grand to oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The song makes hundred grand. Make you make a hundred grand with your fifty percent. The song makes two hundred grand. Okay. So now you've gone, if you were able to terminate, you've gone from 100 to 200. But you're gonna have to get somebody to administer it, so you're gonna pay them 10, 15, 20%. Let's say, uh, let's say 10%. So you've gone from making $100,000, 10% of 200 is 20, so now you're making $180,000. That's a difference of $80,000 a year. And let's say you've got another 50 years on this copyright. Now I'm not very good at math, but I think eighty thousand dollars times fifty is four million dollars. So it is the difference, just this exercise. You're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, but the difference for your family over the next fifty years, the, the, the difference for your uh for your for your for your heirs over the next 50 years if you're able to maintain that income stream of a hundred and if look guys if it's making a hundred thousand dollars 40 years later if it's making a hundred thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars if it's making ten thousand dollars a year 40 years later then it's going to continue to make money and if you put it in the right hands, if you find the right partners, it may even make more money than it's currently making. Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to exploit the copyrights, but we only want to exploit copyrights, understand the word ownership. You only want to go out of your way and exploit the hell out of copyrights if you own them or you have a greater percentage of them. If you signed a deal and it's a 95-5 deal, You signed it 40, 50 years ago. Why the hell are you going out and pushing, uh, trying to sell that record? There's no incentive. So you can make 5% and the record label makes 95%? That doesn't make any sense. It truly doesn't make any sense, C-E-N-T-S. So, um, so you you have an opportunity. Congress has given you an opportunity through the concept of ownership to go back and try to either a negotiate that record deal uh, or b uh, terminate that uh, that uh, publishing contract. Now, let me say this to you, and and I, we're just we're we're gonna we're gonna talk straight here for a sec. This is not easy. Um, and you, you can do it yourself. Uh, anybody can do it, frankly. Uh, you can do it yourself. Uh, you, can, you can call up just about any attorney and they can do it. Uh, so it's not... It, <laughs> but, but to think that this is an easy process to get this done for you, because in a balance sheet, a multi-billion dollar record label or publishing company sees your song as an asset whether it's a sound recording whether it's a a a, a composition song you wrote or or a book in the publishing element in the public or a screenplay or a, a play they see it as an asset they know that uh somebody could come around everybody's looking for content these days somebody could come around and say hey I know that asset's been sitting there for 30 years, but let's repurpose it and make a movie out of it. Let's repurpose it and put it into a soundtrack. What did? What happened to, goodness gracious, what in the world happened to those songs that were in Guardians of the Galaxy a couple of years ago? That was, I mean, that soundtrack blew up. All of those wonderful songs from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, they blew up because... They were associated with this uh, uh, Marvel multi-million dollar successful, uh, heavily branded uh, movie. Uh, the, the the licensed with the movie, so so they see it as an asset. They they know that owning either a piece or all of that asset is very valuable, and it and it's on their balance sheet. So if you come knocking on the door, knock, 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 hey, um, I'd like to take my assets back from you, uh, multi-billion-dollar publisher, multi-billion-dollar record label. Um, will you? Uh, can I have them back, please? <laughs> what do you think their response is? What do you think happens? No, it's not easy. It's not. Uh, actually, it's actually. It's actually. Uh, I was gonna say it's not pretty. Actually, it's rather ugly. And uh, for you to think that you can do it by yourself, good, go for it, have fun. Hope it works out for you. Um, For you to think that you can go to your friend who's an attorney and have them do it, good luck. Um, For you to even think that you can have your entertainment attorney, in some cases, your entertainment attorney, you know, I understand. When I got a call from a, a household name, wonderful lady Uh, I got a call from her this week and and uh, she is you would absolutely know who she is if I said her name she is uh, she was sweet as pie absolutely loved talking to her and uh, she didn't know anything about uh, being able to protect these uh, sound recordings and she said, I'll put my uh, you know, uh, representation in touch with you and I talked to the representation for whatever reason the repreta- representation says, oh yeah, we've known about this, yeah, we talked about it. Okay, well, why didn't you do it? Oh, well, you know, we don't talk about decisions that we make. Yeah, because you don't know how to do it. or, Or, there is no reason not to do it. There is absolutely no reason, well, it's, t- it's tough for me to say that. I understand there's always a reason, but let me tell you by and large, there's no reason for you not to do this. This is to your advantage. And if you have people that say, oh, well, it doesn't really matter, it doesn't really happen, that is horse manure. <laughs> um, uh, I, I have to, uh, I, I don't think that my podcast is labeled as adult content or what, whatever the uh, you know whatever the delineation is if they tell you that they don't know what they're talking about uh, you need somebody who is it's kind of like going to i liken it to if you're uh if you have chest pains and you go to your primary care physician and they say oh okay cool well if you don't mind uh lay back i'm gonna uh, open up your chest real here, uh, real quick here and let's see what's going on with your heart no, no. This is, uh, we are people who work in this space, we're cardiologists. And, and we specialize in this particular area. And, and you know what's awesome about uh, what we're doing at Red Giant is, what's awesome about it is that we know when we don't know something. Very frustrating running into managers, agents, uh, even even entertainment attorneys who don't know something, but act as if they know something, or because they don't know it, it can't be true. It is so arrogant to run across these people, artists, even, managers, particularly, agents, uh, 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 peripherally, PR people, um uh attorneys, just because they don't know about it or understand it doesn't mean it's not true? No. again, this is uh, they're actually doing more damage than good. Uh, so so the concept what the way we approach it at Red Giant is ownership. Ownership is of great value to you. And we're going to look at your entire, A book of, uh, let's say, your entire uh, canon, your uh, all of your creative works, and figure out the best way to get the uh, the most money, the most uh, to to create the most value out of your assets. Because we see them as assets. Believe me, they see them. The multi-billion dollar record label, the multi-billion dollar publisher. A multi-billion-dollar uh, uh, book publisher—they see them as assets. And so, the other thing that's uh, that's hilarious about this: this is federal law, right? This is not something we made up. This is federal law. Yeah, I, I've spoken to record executives and said, "Hey, why don't you send out a letter? Why don't you let these people know?" And they look at me like I <laughs> like I've got a third head. A second head. What? I mean, they, they look at me like I am crazy that they would let their artist know that the artist has the opportunity to recapture or terminate their copyrights. Whoa. Did you get a phone call when your window closed? When your window opened, did you get a phone call and say, hey, just wanted to let you know uh, this is available to you? We, uh, you know, it, the, the, you've, got, you've got a window of time here to get this done. Um, we're happy to introduce you to somebody or you can go to this website or, um, you know, good luck. Ask somebody about it. They didn't do that. When your window is closing, as it's coming to a close, did they call you and say, hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. You're about to, you're about to miss your window here. If you don't do anything, that means we're gonna own those copyrights till they go into public domain. Um, no, they aren't doing that. So, and I've had artists tell me, well, I have such a good relationship with Sony or or uh, Warner or, uh, or uh, Universal Music Publishing Group. I have such a good relationship with them. Did they call you? Did they let you know that this was possible? Did they let you know that you could terminate? Did they let you know that you could potentially own your copyrights? No, they, the, the relationship is a ruse. Um, so, that's what we do. Uh, we're, uh, the, the, this is our specialty and and we spend our time trying to figure out the best way to get the most on behalf of our clients in the way of ownership. So if it's not owning it outright, um, and you don't, re- just to be clear, you're never really gonna own it outright, because even if you own it outright, you're not a publisher. Um, and so you're gonna have to find an administrator. So you're gonna give away 10%, you can own it outright, I guess, but you're gonna give away 10%, 15, 20% anyway. There's always gonna be a percentage that you're paying to somebody else. It's just like these, these uh, uh, rock stars, they're paying a percentage to a manager. Uh, these uh, actors they're paying a percentage to an agent. They're paying a percentage to uh, to a stylist. So there's always something going on, to a chef. There's always something going on where you're you're uh, you know it's not 100% coming your direction but you want to own the most of it that you possibly can. That's why we go through this process the process is brutal and, uh, it is, it, it's not something that happens overnight. It takes time. Um, they are, uh, the, 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 my experience, they, uh, the record labels, the publishers, uh, they quickly inform you when you go to them and say, Hey, let's say you did this by yourself. Okay. Here's, let me tell you what's going to happen you contact them and say hey i have these rights you know what they do they get one of their fancy attorneys to send you a letter that says hey go jump in a lake you don't have any rights so now you're looking at a letter that is uh, i've read the letters they are frightening uh if you don't know any better they are scary and they are uh they are debilitating because you think to yourself well heck don't have any rights and again it's a tactic let me tell you what's going on right now right now in our courts there are a couple of cases against some major record labels that are I mean you've seen the ones already that have been either settled outside of court um, or have gone through a couple of different stages in the courts that have to do with publishers but right now we're looking at uh, at sound recordings, record labels. Uh, the worst thing that could ever happen to these record labels is if they lose these these uh, these cases in the court that say <laughs> artists, recording artists, have rights because record record labels are saying recording artists don't have any rights. Uh, so there are a couple cases right now and some interesting rulings uh, recently, uh, decisions recently uh, in the circuit court, in a uh, 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 court of appeals. I think I have to go check, but again, I'm not an attorney, but, uh, but I've read some of these interesting points of view that well, let me tell you, if, if some, if something sticks, then it's going to be really good for for recording artists. But uh, the point is, you should be actively pursuing this process. If you are creative, you created works that are over 25 years old, and those works still have value, and frankly, even if they don't have value, uh, that's great for us. Uh, uh, You know, we run into some copyrights that are making nothing, zero dollars, and have made nothing for the last 10 years. Why am I still interested in helping that artist? Because I know that right now, synchronizations and licensing is a more uh, uh, needed, popular. Uh, we have more production companies that are creating content and looking for music to, to, uh, to be synced with their content than ever before in the history of the world. So I know that an asset is an asset is an asset is an asset, and we want to help artists get those assets to to build up their portfolios. So that is the uh, that is the argument for you gotta own. And if <laughs> if nothing else, artist, can I talk to you for a sec? Even if you're a manager listening to this, will you please listen to this? Through the prism of an artist, an artist, uh, an artist deserves to own it. They created it. The record label or publisher has made plenty of money on it over the past decades. There's no there's no reason to feel sorry for those people. They've made plenty of money. We should do everything possible in order to get that, to get those rights back, or to make greater percentages on those rights on behalf of the artists. And you need an expert to do that, to help you with that. And that's what we do. So, bottom line, ownership. Think like an entrepreneur. Think like a uh, like an asset manager. Uh, think like a financial expert. Uh, these these people who are running the books they see your art as assets and so do we and we want to assist you if at all possible to um, to make sure that you are making every possible dime that is uh, that you deserve and that you get a chance to own your copyrights for the rest of uh, your life and for the life of of the copyrights to the benefit of your heirs, your surviving family members. I'd love to talk to you about this. As always, feel free to call me. I think the phone numbers are uh, on the website and uh, and we uh, I think we put them on, I think we put them uh, at the beginning or the end of this podcast. So be sure and write down that phone number, interact with us, uh, follow the podcast so that uh, you can uh, listen to other, uh, the other ideas that we have for you to consider. And also share this with your fellow creatives. Uh, if you know songwriters or recording artists or authors or play, uh, playwrights, screenwriters, uh, you know, the, the beautiful thing about the Copyright Act is that it covers all created works. So if you at some point signed a contract granting rights to somebody decades ago, then, uh, then this may be right for you and we can do our investigation and see if there's any value there. Thank you so much for listening. It's Robert King, CEO of Red Giant Rights Group. Look forward to, uh, talking to you on another topic next time. Thanks for listening to Protect Your Copyrights with Red Giant Rights Group CEO, Robert King. For a confidential conversation with Robert, give him a call on his cell phone at 917-848-9934. Once again, that's 917-848-9934. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and be sure to join us next time on Protect Your Copyrights with Robert King. Woo!